Welcome to the Astro Guy Podcast. I'm not an expert. I'm an amateur like you. I'm here to learn and here to teach. So let's enjoy the ride together. Carpe Noctum. Seize the night. Happy New Year. I'm your host, Wayne Zool, and this is the Astro Guy Podcast. On January 2nd, the moon will be new, so we'll be able to enjoy dark skies at the start of the new year. This will be nice because the quadranted meteor shower will peak late in the evening on the 3rd and into the morning of the 4th. This shower, which is thought to emanate from a now extinct comet, produces a ZHR, or zenithal hourly rate of about 40. The shower gets its name from the defunct constellation Quadrans Moralis, which is where the constellation Boötes is now. This shower is well positioned for northern observers. Its radiant is highest after midnight. Unfortunately, the shower's peak occurs around 4 p.m. Eastern Time, so likely we won't be treated to a great show but if it's clear, it should be worth taking a look. This is best seen from dark skies away from bright lights. It's likely going to be cold, so you'll want to bundle up. On the 4th of January, the Earth reaches perihelion, its closest approach to the sun. This always occurs a couple of weeks after the winter solstice. The naked eye planets are all visible this month. Mercury is at its greatest elongation or apparent distance from the Sun on the 7th when Mercury will be 19 degrees from the Sun. Look for it low in the west-southwest sky about 45 minutes after sunset. Mercury will be relatively bright at magnitude minus 0.6 while showing a phase of 58% illumination. Only 10 days later Mercury will have faded to magnitude 1.8 and will be lost in the glow of twilight. The best days to see Mercury will be the 1st through the 12th, depending on your local horizon. Use brighter Jupiter and Saturn to point the way to elusive Mercury. Venus has been putting on a great show for several months in the evening skies. However, it's now moving closer to the Sun as we see it, and will disappear from the evening sky in early January as it makes its way to inferior conjunction on the 7th. However, it will reappear in the morning sky about a week later, and by the end of January will be visible for about 45 minutes before sunrise in the eastern sky. Both Jupiter and Saturn are making their way out of the evening sky, but they are part of several nice planetary lineups in January. On the evening of the 5th, Mercury, Saturn, and Jupiter form a line and the 14% lit crescent moon will be about 6 degrees below and slightly to the left of Jupiter. This should be a wondrous sight to see. On the evening of the 13th, Saturn and Mercury come within about 3 degrees of each other low in the sky. Try to spot this about 45 minutes after sunset low in the west-southwest sky. On the morning of the 29th, Mars will be in the morning sky about 10 degrees above the horizon around 6 a.m. An 11% illuminated waxing crescent moon 
will be about three and a half degrees to Mars's lower right. Bright Venus will appear slightly higher and about 10 degrees to the east of Mars. Uranus will be in Aries for the month of January and can be spotted with binoculars or a telescope as a small greenish blue disk. Neptune will be low in the west as darkness falls and will require a telescope to spot its bluish disk. You can try to spot it near the border of Pisces and Aquarius. Moving beyond the solar system, this month we're going to take a look at Orion the Hunter. This prominent winter constellation is high in the southwestern sky on January evenings. You can easily spot Orion by finding bluish-white Rigel, which represents Orion's foot, and the bright red star Betelgeuse, which represents his head or shoulder. Three easy-to-spot stars form a straight line almost halfway between the two, forming Orion's belt. Rigel, or Beta Orionis, the seventh brightest star in the night sky, shines brightly at magnitude 0.1 and is a blue supergiant star that has three companion stars that are much fainter, all below naked eye visibility. Rigel lies about 860 light years away and is calculated to be about 20 times larger than our Sun. In contrast, is the bright red star Betelgeuse, or Alpha Orionis, considered to be the tenth brightest star in the night sky, although in the near-infrared it is considered the brightest star in the night sky. Betelgeuse is a variable star that varies in brightness between magnitude 0 and magnitude 1.6. Betelgeuse is a red supergiant star and is one of the largest stars that can be seen with the naked eye. In early 2020, Betelgeuse dimmed significantly, and there was some speculation that it could go supernova at any time, but by late February of 2020, its brightness picked up, and studies suggest that there was interstellar dust that actually caused the dimming. When it will go supernova is a mystery but when it does, it will be a spectacular sight to see from Earth. Besides being very reddish-orange in color, meaning that it's cool in stellar terms, Betelgeuse is the only star that very large telescopes have resolved to more than a pinpoint, besides the Sun, of course. Considering that Betelgeuse lies about 548 light-years away, that's amazing. Betelgeuse is so large that if it were in our solar system, it would extend past the orbit of Jupiter. Because it pulsates, sometimes it would extend almost to Saturn, which makes it more than 1.6 billion miles in diameter at its largest. Orion's three belt stars are made up of Alnitak, Alnilam, and Mintaka. Alnitak glows at magnitude 1.7 and is one of the most photographed stars in the sky due to its proximity to the famous Horsehead Nebula. The Horsehead is a dark nebula, classified as Barnard 33, located just south of Alnitak. To observe this, you'll need at least an 8-inch telescope from very dark skies to try to glimpse it. The nearby Flame Nebula is brighter and easier to see, but its proximity to Alnitak makes it difficult to spot in the bright star's glare. 
Orion's real gem is located about three degrees due south of Alnilam, the middle star in Orion's belt. Moving three degrees south brings you to the Sword of Orion, which to the naked eye appears as three medium brightness stars in a row, about one and a half degrees long. The middle star, which is actually several stars, is home to the Great Orion Nebula, M42. This is one of the most wonderful objects to observe. It is easily seen with the naked eye from dark skies as the middle star in the sword looking like a fuzzy star. In binoculars, you'll be able to resolve its shape and in telescopes, you can get lost in it for hours on end. From a dark sky sight using an 18 inch telescope, I was once able to see pinkish hues in the nebulosity of M42. Any telescope will show incredible details in M42. Low and medium magnifications will reveal lots of detail. At higher magnifications, you should be able to resolve the trapezium, an asterism of six stars, four of which are easy to discern. In photographs, the nebula shows its red, pink, and blue hues. It is one of the most photographed deep sky objects in the night sky. Lying at a distance of around 1,350 light years away, this is a true stellar nursery, a place where stars are being born. Astronomers have observed nearly 700 stars within the nebula. The Hubble Space Telescope was able to resolve more than 150 protoplanetary disks, or areas of star formation within the nebula. The nebula itself glows at magnitude 4 and spans 60 by 90 arc minutes, or 1 degree by 1.5 degrees in size. M43 is actually a part of the structure of the nebula and looks a lot like a comma near the fish's mouth, the dark nebula near the trapezium. There's a lot going on here. If you have binoculars or a telescope, go look at M42 you won't regret it. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope that you found our time together to be fun and helpful. If you have questions or episode suggestions, please email us at astroguypodcast at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 973-404-0380. If you're not already a member, please join the Astro Guy podcast group on Facebook. You'll find other members, videos, blogs, and other useful information there for your enjoyment. You can also visit our YouTube channel, the Astro Guy podcast, for past episodes and other surprises. Thank you again for listening, and may your skies be clear. As always, Carpe Noctum, seize the night. I'm Wayne Zool, and this was the Astro Guy Podcast. Thank you for listening. As always, your questions, comments, and suggestions are welcome. Keep wondering. Keep your eyes on the sky. Have fun. Carpe Noctum. Seize the night.